0: I'm Rena Strigel. Welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Each of us has an exceptional ability to impact the world. We're here to make the world a better place by living life with awareness and fulfilling our unique purpose. It's time to break through obstacles and fear in order to stop wishing something will happen and start making a courageous life a reality. Your journey starts right now. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to introduce you to an amazing woman who has had multiple breakthroughs in her journey as an entrepreneur. Our guest today is April Hemis. April is a farmer in Iowa. She farms independent of her husband and has had an interesting journey of being a woman who has come back to the farm to farm with her father and her grandfather, and along that journey, expanded into so many other amazing things. April currently serves on the United Soybean Board, along with many other boards. She has formed a group of women who have gotten together for many years to learn more about marketing of corn and soybeans. She is a passionate advocate for young people who want to serve and to be of service on boards, as well as being an award recipient of the Trailblazer Award, which is an award that is given by the Farm Journal Magazine. So with that, I'm very excited to introduce you to April. Okay, everybody, I am so excited to be talking to April Hemis today, and April I have known for about a year now, almost know, a but year. It doesn't it seem like forever? It does. Like, okay. We've really gotten to know each other well in that time, and I got to know April in a kind of a very interesting way. April was an award recipient at and an award. You yeah, won her as a prize. She did. She won me as a prize. <laughs> And so we established kind of a coaching relationship with each other. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to have April on this podcast is because April has had an extraordinary life of living kind of on that front edge of living courageously, of being a trailblazer in the field of agriculture and in terms of women leadership. And so I wanted to bring April on because she is getting to do some extraordinary things with some of the boards that she's on. And she's also got a lot of wisdom for people who are faced with adversity and having to make tough choices about whether or not they're going to stay in the channel that they are or whether they're going to, you know, really try to step out and, and be brave and live the life that they were really meant to live. So April, if I were to ask you, you know, what do you think are are some of the key things from your experience, you know, particularly as we think about, you know, young leaders trying to right. step up into, you know, the opportunities they want, what are some of the things that you feel are the the biggest barriers
1: and maybe some of the suggestions for breaking through those? I think our biggest barriers are ourselves. You know, we say, oh no, I can't do that. I don't have time. yet. 20 million excuses especially women in agriculture because family comes first period in a story you know so they don't want to find the time you know and that's where I, I mean I started my family was young but I was on the I was on the state pork producer board and I did a lot of other things but you know then when the family got a little bit older I pulled back to local leadership you know and then as they could drive themselves and other things, than off, off to the races I win. But um, really it's finding time and, and believing in yourself and that you have a voice that's important. And for some reason, women in agriculture just tend to shy away from that, you know? And um, it's just believing in yourself and getting out there. You know, so I tell them, you might not start at a state or national board, but start on a church board or a local, rural boards are crying for people. You know, start there. They know you're going to lead, trust me. You're going to get asked to do a whole lot of other things.
0: When you kind of, as you look back at your career and you look at, you know, some of the opportunities that you stepped forward or stepped Mm -hmm. up into, and you probably faced a lot of adversity or a lot of opinions about whether that was what you should be doing at that Mm -hmm. time. What were some of the things that like you went through that helped you kind of push through those obstacles in order to take advantage of those things?
1: Well, a lot of them, um, like I said, are, are limitations put on other people and being a woman in production agriculture. And I had, you know, I was the farmer when, and I was a, wasn't married in some of the boards and then I was. And, and so everyone just assumes your husband farms. Well, he doesn't. It's me. You know, so getting just communicating that. And then, and then if you talk the talk, people get it. They're, you know, people, especially in leadership go, okay, she's a real deal. She, you know, so that me, it's never a problem talking. I'm outgoing you know, I probably talk too much, a lot of people say that, but <laughs> but um, it's the communication part of it, really it is, and that's truly what you bring to boards, you know, is the open communication and working through that, you know, and especially in leadership and ag, because we have, I have a totally different voice, I'm a farmer, I'm production, but yet I tend to look at things a little bit differently, you know.
0: Some of the things I know that you went back to the farm
1: when mm-hmm. you were
0: fairly young, 25. You were 25. This will be my
1: 35th year on the farm. Yes. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were kind of going back yep. into
0: agriculture as a single woman mm-hmm. at a time where that maybe wasn't the 80s very common at all. <laughs> yes. And you went back in the 80s, <laughs> which wasn't a great time no, to be wasn't. doing that. Yes. So yes. you know what was what were some of the drivers that made you take that sort of leap of faith, kind of that going against convention to go
1: home and farm with your father and your grandfather. Right. And I don't think that they were completely supportive in this at all. Cause my dad's probably was the largest chauvinist I had ever met. Ever, hands down, you know. But yet it was okay if I came home to farm because I could work, I grew up working on the farm like everyone else. So I knew. That was my passion. Once you identify your passion, what you really want to do, it's not that hard, you know. So home I came and then you have to develop thick skin really, really quickly. You know, when people say, Oh, it's nice you're helping your dad on the farm. Or, you know, once I remember one time a guy came and he was doing some custom work for me and he goes, Well, I'm gonna go do something else, then I'm gonna come back. Well, he knew it was gonna rain, so did I. I said, I was so proud of, it was the first time I stood up and said, no, if you leave, don't come back. You know, if that's your choice, I always gave them, it's like the kids, Mm -hmm. this is your choice. But if you do this, this is the consequence. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of myself for that, you know, because after that first time, after standing up for yourself or what you see, you know, should happen or the way it should go, you go. Well, that wasn't so hard, you know, and then you can, you know. Off, and then you really are off to the races. Mm -hmm. So, you were able to sort of shift dynamics by just setting your
0: own sort of boundaries for how people were going to be able to interface with you. Well,
1: and interfacing with generations my dad and my grandpa. You Mm -hmm. know, my grandpa would say, You can't do it like that. Dad just did everything grandpa did. And I was the, you know, oh, yeah, we can do this different. So, but I always had to prove it. So, knowing that I didn't just have to say it, I had to prove it. And once I proved it whether it went right or wrong you know that was it so um it's you know it's the old growing up the hard knocks but you know what that's what makes us who we are yeah you know So as you went through that
0: journey with your grandfather and your father,
1: Mm -hmm. and you were getting
0: quite a bit of pushback, it kind of sounds like, what were the things that kept you encouraged or kept you going? Mm -hmm. Did you have outside mentors? Were you, or did you just sort of have this own internal driver that you were going to win? Stubborn
1: as heck. (laughs) No, I think it goes back to the passion of what, you know, I had identified this is really what I want to do and this is what I love doing. I loved working with the animals, and I really wish I would have taken more agronomy classes now, so I've an animal science major from mm-hmm. Iowa State in 1982, so there were 5% women in agriculture then, so I knew what I was getting into, you mm-hmm. know, and so, or in the anti-major, but um, it never really bothered me. I never felt like I didn't fit in with other people with other guys you know it was always me and the guys at meetings Mm -hmm. you know so um and then the longer you're in it the more respect you get and especially people see you out there working and knowing what you're doing like whether it's in leadership knowing what you're talking about or on the farm out there working every day doing everything the respect comes along with it
0: you're talking about passion you know how did you figure that out did you just intrinsically know it because that's that's something a lot of people struggle with like i don't know what i'm supposed to do i don't Mm -hmm. know what my passion is i don't know if what i'm doing is what i'm supposed to be doing so what would be some advice that you would give to people who are kind of struggling with that that question of am i doing what i'm really supposed to be
1: doing well and for me it's thank god it was a birthright you know unfortunately and we heard about it today in the conference a little bit was you know you can't just wake up and go oh I want to be a farmer it's on it's not realistic much of the time Mm -hmm. you know because of the cost so I was very fortunate that way it's also it's when you grow I grew up doing it you know and I just it was a it was a love I had Mm -hmm. you know and you saw I saw the care that you know my family gave to the land and the animals and um Yeah, I just fell in love with that. You know, originally I wanted to get involved in international agriculture because I love to travel and things like that. Well, little did I know coming back to the farm and getting involved in leadership, it led to that. So, you know, never give up on your dreams, what you really want to do. I also want to be a Broadway star. (laughs) <laughs> Never know. Never know. So, but um you know that's what's fun and and another thing I I always thought my daughter would come home to the farm and then we went to um Australia with uh my son and daughter and she went scuba diving and she came up and as a mother I looked at her and I go she's not going to be a farmer anymore I mean it she found her passion and her love and she lives in Seattle now. And, you know, so, um, but it was, you know, it's just finding that thing. And, you know, if it's a, if it's a hobby you have, or if it's something you just love doing, you know, go with it. You can make a job out of anything these
0: days. Just about. Just about. So you, you know, as you were, developing so you came back as a farmer yep and then you started expanding out into some opportunities for leadership serving yep. on local right boards away. and committees yeah which then and led state. to bigger yeah. things yeah was that always
1: a, a path that you knew that you wanted to take yeah because I was involved in college in different things and in high school mm-hmm. you know and you it's never anything like I'm going to you know someday be, you know, that isn't it, it's always opportunities that come my way, you know, and the ver- when I first came home on the farm, um, I said, oh, I want to get involved in the local uh, pork producers, because I was raising hogs then, and this guy turned around to me, we're at the vet's office, I'll forget, and he goes, well, there's an organization for you, and it's called the Porkettes, and that's just for women, and I said, so that's when it really hit me in the face, and I went, whoa, I said, well, I'm the producer. I'm not married. I'm not married to a pork producer. And, and he just it was like, so he walked out and I said, um, okay, is there a place on this board? And the and one of the guys goes, yeah. And he's getting off of the board. So I took his place on the board, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's, I love telling that story because that's the way it was then, right, wrong, indifferent. That was the eighties, you know? And so we've come a long way, baby, yeah. but also there's still so much I mean I go everywhere today and I'll say I'm a farmer and people say oh so you and your husband farm and I go no 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 it's just me and so I mean there's still that there so I said um, somebody said what's your hope and I said I hope someday I can say I'm a farmer and people will take it at that Mm -hmm. you know wouldn't that be great so Oh, and this may be asking you a little too personal to question,
0: but as you were making that decision and you, mm-hmm. you met your husband, you started mm-hmm. dating and there was obviously some questions about would he be participating? Would that change yet? there was role. Never a question.
1: That. Never a question. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. No, he, um, he came from a farming family when he was younger and then um, he had, I mean, he was working in a hardware store. I worked with his sister in Washington, D.C. So, and he's one of nine. So, and he had to move for 200 miles away to be up on the farm. So um, he said, and we've talked about it since then, I love living on a farm. I just don't ever want to be a farmer. But for some reason, that's something's wrong with him to a lot of people. Why doesn't he want it? Well, you know, he's not a risk hater. He's a salesman. He absolutely loves what he does. When do two people ever get to love what they do? Very true and be married in the same, in small ru- town, rural Iowa, mm-hmm. not very often, yeah. so I feel very blessed that way, and he supports me, very trusting, you know, I have a farming husband, I have PMSs, the personal manservants that help me on the farm, and he just goes along with it all, you know? Yeah. so that was very fortunate for me, yeah. So, tell me a
0: little bit about, you know, as you've gone on this journey, there were mm-hmm. obviously a lot of obstacles, a lot of people in your way, what do you think has been the hardest lesson that you've learned as you've Mm -hmm. continued Mm -hmm. to grow and your leadership has you know grown to a you know a very prominent state at this point you're you sit on some very prestigious boards so what do you think the hardest thing the
1: hardest thing for me to accept was the fact that i can't always be the boss of everything because i am on the farm i make every decision Every decision's mine. I look at the situation. I go through it. But and I just and it wasn't that long ago. It was just last year where I went, my best place on this board is not on the executive committee or you know, not leading this. It is being the pain in the rear and speaking, being able to speak what everyone's thinking, but not not saying, you know. So that some su- that it was hard for me to come to that decision, but yet um, freeing, you know, and same way on the farm. I had an aha moment on the farm where I had 60 head of cattle. I was fair one pigs. I was working my butt off plus farming because um, dad and grandpa were both 80s, you know, 90s, you know, and it was, it was all me. And I remember vividly, I was in mud up to my knees. It was springtime pulling calves or whatever out there. And I just dropped what I was doing. I go, who am I trying to impress? Why am I doing this? And I think we you have to come to that point where you just go, well, why am I doing this? I don't need to impress. I know what I'm capable of and I don't need to do this. I'll be okay if I pull back mm-hmm. and that was, it was hard, but then once again, freeing. So mm-hmm. next year, half the cattle went, you know, and, and then, you know, I just started pairing back cause I wanted to get better at the things that made the farm money, mm-hmm. you know, cause if you know, yeah. that's, that's the whole identity thing. If I'm not a farmer, who am I then? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm April. <laughs> you know, so, but so that's the, the leadership part and the farming part where you just have to, and I think that comes with age, you know, Do you find that leaders, you know, as we've
0: gotten more of, you know, kind of in an environment of mentoring and talking more openly, Mm -hmm. do you feel like the leaders that are coming behind us are getting better equipped earlier?
1: Mm.
0: Are they they on a faster curve? I feel like sometimes I I feel like they're
1: putting themselves on that faster curve. And I think a lot of times I'm cautiously optimistic for them because I know how much I have gained as a leader throughout the years and I don't want to see them go and then now what you know and a lot of them will go on but a lot of them the ego gets in the way and then they keep coming back and then they and it's and you have to step aside step left and let someone else you know, let those other younger people come in. So that's really what I'm, I see that a lot. And I hear that a lot from the younger ones. It's like, oh, I want to be, you know, up where you're at. And I'm like, honey, it took me a long time to get here. Mm-hmm. And not that this was my goal. Yeah. I was just very fortunate to get here, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but yet I don't want to discourage them at all. Yeah. So what do you think is, you know, we, at the conference today, we've heard a lot about mentoring
0: and mentor mm-hmm. mentees. What do you think are, you know, some of the most critical things for, you know, two things, you know, people who have sort of found their purpose and their passion Mm -hmm. and people who have not. Right. How, you know, how much did you reach out to others for guidance as you were coming along your path? I didn't. (laughs)
1: Isn't that terrible? (laughs) No, but there weren't that many women Mm -hmm. in leadership then, Mm -hmm. and not that I had to be a woman, because I... One of my mentor, mentees, whatever, is a young man who I see. And that's what I tell people. I don't care if it's a woman or a man. You know, if you see a leadership opportunity or possibilities in somebody, go with it, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just let them know this. This is what I did. You don't have to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is, you know, and these are the opportunities I got along the way, you know, and and um, it's really helped the one. And what's even better is when they call you and they're so excited you know, oh, listen, what I did, blah, 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 Mm blah. So, you know, I saw, well, I grew up with, you know, women working on the farm and not getting recognized for it at all, you know, and they still do now, you know, they're in the background, but they're doing a lot of the work, you know, and a lot of times, you know, my position is to give them a voice if I have to be the poster child, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, it's, so that's kind of where it was. But I also looked at um, men in leadership roles who, and not even so much leadership roles but the old farmers loved me you know and they would tell me stuff and talk to me about you know things so you know that's fun because their wives always worked on the farm so they were used to having that and my generation and my dad's generation went through the 80s their wives had to go to work and spouses i should say had <laughs> to go to work to make the money to keep the farm mm-hmm. a lot of times yeah. so Um, And then, yeah, guys my age are sometimes threatened by me, I'm told, but too bad for them. But I have a lot of great friends that aren't, you know, you get on boards and then you form those relationships and that's what's fun, you know. I think that's
0: a really critical point because, you know, even if you're not in a farming business, but you're you're running a business, you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those sacrifices that are done with, you know, husband and wife teams where, you've got to make sacrifices to keep the business vibrant until it can get to the next stage or Mm -hmm. the next economic cycle. I think that's a really critical point about just the teamwork that occurs, even if there may be one
1: person that's kind of seen as, you know, more invested in the business. Right. Right. Well, and that's why, and it's so hard for me, but I would say my husband and I, and that, and that took me a long time to get there, Mm -hmm. but he is just as much a part of it. As I, that was really hard for me to say. <laughs> but it, it's true because you can't, it's very hard to do it without that off farm income for me, for my operation, uh-huh. you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just to keep them in mind and yeah. in the loop and, yeah.
0: If yeah. you could give any words of wisdom to people who are wanting to expand beyond their businesses or beyond their career path to serve in some capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. What would be some advice? Because I know that there are people that go out there and just like the idea right. of serving. If they just want to sit. And they and, and they like up. their having mm-hmm. their name right. on whatever that thing is. But what would you was just having a conversation about? Yeah. Today. <laughs> what would you, you know, really offer up as advice to mm-hmm. people who are
1: are thinking about embarking in some mm-hmm. service? Right, right. And if that is truly You know, what you have to do it and and maybe baby steps, you know, that's, well, I kind of dove in at first on the state poor producer board. But what happens is you become a family, you become the networking and, you know, you find the mentors on there. There's still some people I talk to and that it's okay not to be way up on top. But, you know, when you're on the county boards, that's really where a lot of people are needed, you know, and um, to start off there and just, I mean, I find it fascinating the dynamics and how to, you know, work through all that and being a leader really helps you in your business and farming too, Mm -hmm. you know it helps you identify different things and helps you personally identify your personality. Oh, this is yeah, I need to do this or something like that. So um yeah, I always just say go for it, maybe start small, work big. But I have loved every minute of it. You know, our um on a board I sit on there they decided not to have a Christmas party. Well the board got together and decided to work on our own. Yeah. So so we're getting together, but I thought you know, this wouldn't happen 10 years ago. We all text each other. I would not have gotten through this past spring and fall without the humor of my fellow farmers, you know, and that's truly the, the bond you make. And then the networking and talking business and things like that. And it's just, you just grow so much personally. Yeah.
0: When you think about boards, it, how important do you think it is that, you know, board or community involvement be sort of in alignment with what your, interested or passionate about. I know that I work with executives sometimes, they get asked to be on all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. and they oftentimes feel like they must say yes, because they've been asked. So, you know, how do you kind of balance all of that when you're getting asked to be on a lot of different things? Right,
1: and I have recently got asked to be on a lot, but with me, the first jump I took was our um, hospital board, our local hospital board. And I, and I didn't say yes right away, which was very unusual for me. And my husband said, I think you could do a lot of good on that board. I go, well, it's not ag. I don't know what I can add. And he goes, no, you're going to look at it differently. And the farmers are paying the taxes on the land, which is what, you know, it was a county hospital. And so I go, okay. And honestly, I did. I learned more on that board than any other board. You know, it's amazing. So, it, and it broadens your horizons, you know? So, the, you know, with that comes, it made me not so fearful to say something that wasn't in, in exclusively, hag mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Cause I thought, and then I always look at what am I going to bring to that board? You know, if I, if I am on this board or executive committee or whatever I'm asked to do, is it something I really care about? You know, cause if, you, if, if, if the answer is me then why why do it? You know, even if it's a day or two days out of your life, you're not really gonna add value to that committee, board, whatever. Yeah. So I think you do have to step back and go, well, you know, and that's what's hard. And I think we talked about that, not saying yes right away or not saying no, mm-hmm. taking the time and just looking at it and digesting it and going, hmm, you know. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of your passion projects.
0: So I know a few years ago, you started a group of women mm-hmm. who, you wanted to help them learn how to be better. Oh, this is like nine
1: years ago now. I cannot believe yeah, that. The and marketing I, group? The marketing yeah, group. Yeah.
0: And when we say marketing, for those of listening to the podcast, we are not talking about like marketing in terms of uh, what we think of traditional marketing. We're actually talking about grain marketing, yep. marketing commodities. So, Corn and soybeans specifically, but yep. we get into
1: some cattle and hogs. So yeah. 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 So
0: talk about like, what, what, was there a need that you saw? Like what really?
1: So this is what I, this is, and people in extension go, oh, it's April. So they know to look out. Cause if I get something in my head and I get a lot of tractor time, so I get time to think. So I went to, I first asked, I said, I need to be a better marketer. Cause when I looked at my business, I said, what's the big thing? Well, it's marketing. that's where I make my money or break my money and so I go I need to pay attention to this more so it was purely selfish you know and so I said what do I need I want other people around me I want other women because I knew they would share and be and not be not bring any egos to the table if you know what I mean sorry guys but you do and um and then I knew I needed a place where we could have internet access and things like that So I went to our local extension guy and I'd known him longer than my husband. And I said, and he was also involved in a project where they did women's marketing. So I brought my people to the table. He brought his and nine years later, we're still meeting, you know, talking then we have guest speakers come in and stuff like that. But what it has formed is a family, you know many women over the course
0: of those nine years how many women have stayed with you since the beginning do you have any yeah I guess, I, bet, I
1: would say like t- between 10 and 15 of us and if they haven't stayed they've gotten older they were driving an hour and a half or two hours some of them it's like no I had hip surgery I mean they would call with their medical excuses you know <laughs> like oh, it's okay you know so we send out you know stuff so, but yeah to have them Drive for an hour and a half I just had somebody here today say do you accept yes I go heavens yes you know so it's um you know people come and go and stuff like that but we've had one young lady who we've uh she's had all four of her kids while well, she's been on this and and brings them and they run around and I and I laugh because I go If this was all men, they'd be screaming. You know, they would just go get that kid out of here. And we're like, oh, here, have a banana, or here, have a donut. You know, so it's just fun to see the different dynamics. Yet we're all going, okay. You know, we're looking at the at the board or what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. or if it's options or making our brain marketing plan. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to have um, like-minded women in the same room you know, we we all know what we're talking about. But what's been most fun for me with that is watching the women grow through the years and really become leaders and more independent and feel more confident. And isn't that terrible? I mean, I don't know. It's it's not terrible. But I just get that's what really made me so happy. You know, I mean, it started off all about me because most things do. But um, (laughs) but to have it, you know, turn out um, that, Women have really shine in through in that, and uh, what fun is that when you can help others? Yeah, I think that's great because you've started you started with that group, but
0: now you've got another initiative for young ones
1: yeah. that you just started this year. Yeah, so talk a little lo- yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about that project. So I went to our local school once again. This was nagging me in the back of my head, and I said, um, "Listen, I know a lot of people, and I want to keep young women in this area in Iowa." and especially in the sciences the stem program so what we did, we coupled together and then I get the people and then they and we said seventh and eighth graders specifically. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and talk over the lunch hour. So our first one was Julie Kenny. I was deputy secretary of ag and she just blew them out of the water. I mean, they just loved it. And we've had, you know, a succession of others and I have some others lined up, but since we had such a lovely fall <laughs> but um the the most fun one was and it all comes through leadership and stuff like that was um Emily Ellen, she's a food network celebrity chef, Mm -hmm. and she does a lot of work for the United Soybean Board. So I said, Would you do, you know, would you do this? You can zoom in. So we did a Zoom meeting to see those kids' faces, like she's on TV, and to see her give and talk to them and you know, explain and and just to let them know, yes, those people are for real. You know, she took the camera, showed them around her house and you know, just to see their faces, and (laughs) it really was, it was so much fun, because it's like, yeah, she's a real person, you know, and, and just to have them have that connection, and for her to explain her travel, and her journey to where she was, she goes, I never went to school thinking I was going to be a celebrity chef, I mean, she has a doctorate in psychology, and, you know, some other stuff, you know, she's a very intelligent woman, and then ends up, you know, she goes, it just kind of was there. She has some food degrees, too, and stuff. So to just to let young people know in rural Iowa, hey, this is all possible. And there are local businesses that really, really need you. And you can make a really good living doing it. And that's what I wanted to show them, you know. One of the things that I kind of see
0: as a as a pattern is that you – get an idea, or you, f- you see a need, mm-hmm. and then you figure out how to get people involved in solving that problem.
1: Yeah, a lot of times I don't give them a choice. I'm well, that's, okay. That. that's <laughs> <called influence. laughs> okay. That's called influence. That's called influence. Okay. I know that was the word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that's... <laughs> I thought it was bossy, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. okay. That could be another word for it. I like influence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you think about, like, all of the people that are in the United States, that are, Mm -hmm. you know, working in their area of, you know, sort of their area of influence or their area of expertise, and they see problems. And I think one of the things that people sometimes see the problem, but they're not quite sure. They don't take the next step. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what, I know that you've got a personality that will take that next step, and Mm -hmm. it's fairly easy for you to do that. Yeah. But if, as you've looked at, you know, work with others, what, what do you think are some of the sort of key success factors and how do you take, an idea that's in your head and get it put into motion,
1: well, then you have to first decide, is it worth a fight? you know if you get said and I've had some things people like, no, or there's an older lady i I use as an example, I never want to become her because everything I used to bring up, she would go, no, we've done that before, no, we've done that before, but when did you do it? Well, it was like ten years ago, you know, okay, that was the seventies, you know or you yeah. know so so if you have to be respectful to those people, but yet go, okay, you know, and take time to see the path. Mm-hmm. Well, this is really where I see this going, you know, and if it doesn't work, you know, well, let it go, you know, but, but really, are you going to commit the time to it? Because sometimes it might only be your passion. And I run into that a lot, because mm-hmm. I'm interested in farming stuff where a lot of other women are like, I don't really care about um, what fungicide you put on your corn this year, (laughs) I'm like, but it did so good, you know, so, so I have to go, okay, maybe I'm not the best person to be on this advisory council about this or whatever, because I look at things differently, but, you know, so that, you know, it's, it, it goes back to time and commitment and passion, you know, Mm -hmm. what you, do you really think it's important, or do, are you the only one that thinks this needs to happen, so. So how far? I don't think that answered your question. Well, at I was all. gonna say how, <laughs> you know, I did, but
0: how far into an idea do you? are you able to evaluate where you've maybe got something that's worth pursuing or where maybe you're the only person that's kind of passionate right. about that? And how
1: far into that do you go? So I kind of think about it, like I'm in the tractor, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask other people that mm-hmm. who I think would be interested in it. Mm-hmm. And if they, if I get a me or something like that, then I'll go, okay, mm-hmm. you know, so, and you, ha- and even if you're so passionate about it, and I have a friend who was like, you have to do this, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, you know, so you have to come to that, you know, conclusion, yeah. it's okay, yeah. you know, yeah. or maybe I'm not talking to the right audience, you know, maybe there really is a need, mm-hmm. so, you know,
0: yeah. how, you know, what, what is your sort of belief system around you know, creating something brand new or trying to create something inside of something else that right. may have more resources. Right. Because that's, I think, you know, one thing, you know, if you've got an entrepreneurial bent, <laughs> you want to do it your own. it It's going to be yours. You want, you know, your, right. right. So what would be your advice, you know, when you've got an opportunity to be, you know, kind of a, a maverick and be out there and be entrepreneurial or use other, things that are established to kind of bring your idea and, into,
1: and the, into to, the world. I've had to do that on, uh, was Iowa Women and Ag? And that was back in 2003 or whatever. And, and the, you know, are we going to recreate the wheel? Are we going to reinvent the wheel? Yes, there's other groups out there of women in agriculture, but none of them were doing what we wanted to do then. It's not that way now of, you know, ongoing informational, educational you know, mm-hmm. programs for women, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was either political or some, some other, you know, thing attached to it. So, so you have to look at it. But then I had to also take the fact that somebody said, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm like, why not? Oh my God, this be so <laughs> great. But then you've realized that, you know, when you're in the thick of it, sometimes you are the only one that really cares and is really pushing it. And maybe some other people, you know, just want that once a year conference and you have to go okay because it's a lot of work mm-hmm. and you also have a real job to do so yeah. yeah so it's um yeah I mean you come to that conclusion mm-hmm. you know pretty quick so I do where, where I just go it's not okay yeah this is great not for me but okay yeah you know I'll, I'll help you wherever I can go And then if you identify an organization that's already doing kind of what you want to do, And you say, and I've done that too. It's like, okay, this is great, but can we also do this too? Mm -hmm. And then the, you know, they're either accepting or not, but Mm -hmm. yeah, but I'm not a believer in reinventing the wheel just to call it mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who wants to do that? You know, Mm -hmm. they've already gone through it. Let them, yeah, here, let me help.
0: So, you know, Yeah, when when people are thinking about you know coming from you know maybe a more traditional type of role, so let's say you know I've come out of college, I'm doing my job, I feel like I'm meant to do something greater, Mm -hmm. or making the leap, making you know yeah, making the big leap, right?
1: Yeah. So everybody
0: knows that's a book that April (laughs) and I are both reading right now, making the big leap. So you know you can go check that out, but you know I think that that's a you know fairly common phenomena, you know for people want to you know get out of the restrictions of what maybe a a career would bring to be able to make a bigger mark on the world Mm -hmm. what would your advice be for you know people who are maybe in their 20s and wanting to do this some people are in their 40s or 50s and wanting to do do
1: that in the 20s now it's how freeing is that with all of the you know, the internet, and, uh, you know, you don't even have to go to work, everything can be done, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's totally freeing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and great, and scary, you know, because this is what's important to me, Yeah. You know, the the communication part of it, yeah. you know, and, um and I think it's going to be so important in the future, you know, but if you have an idea, I mean, heck, you've got lots of opportunities, the harder part is when you're older, like me, mm-hmm. you know, where, yeah, I just said I was old, and, uh, (laughs) and um, where it's like, okay, I'm stuck now, you know, or you're at home, the kids are gone, now what do I do, you know, and you go through those different lifestyle changes, and things Mm -hmm. like that, but, you know, I guess the bottom, at the end of the day, you have to believe in yourself, and what you want to do, and if you really, really want to do it, and a lot of times, that's in a reflection, and that Kind of sucks sometimes mm-hmm. to do, yeah. you know, to to take a look at yourself and where you're at and where you want to be and is this really what I do? And you know what? If it isn't, that's okay. And if it is, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If you want to stay at home, and you know, that's what. I mean, I did a talk to ke- uh, young women in agriculture here at Iowa State, and um, I said, listen, and I had brought a friend of mine with me whose daughter was in the group, and I said and stayed at home with her kids she babysat my kids I farmed I was out on the farm you know that was her choice this is mine that's fine if she wants if that was what she wants to do you know what that's okay don't put any guilt on her don't put any guilt on me because I didn't want to yeah you know it, it's it's what we wanted to do and that once I said it was okay Boy, did that start a conversation with those young women. Well, my dad said this. Well, my mom, you know, and I said, you, the only person you have to make happy is yourself. Because if you aren't happy, nobody around you is going to be happy. What would you
0: say to people who have very influential people around them mm-hmm. that are basically telling them what they are not capable of doing? Mm -hmm. you know, especially if I never
1: had that happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Especially if it's, you know, a a familial relationship that you can't just say, well, you're not going to be my dad anymore. You're not going to, you know, or it might be a spouse Mm -hmm. that is, is being, you know, maybe raining on the parade a little bit much. Mm -hmm. Like what advice would you give for people who are working through that?
1: Yeah, boy. That's, that's a good one. Because like I said with my dad, my grandfather always believed in me. Yet, if I said, oh, I have to do this in the house, you know, like change a light bulb, we go. We'll ask Tom to do it, and I go, Grandpa, I'm out here pulling calves, and you don't think I can change a light bulb, you know? And so it's the reality of the situation, but that's the way they thought, you know. And so he goes, oh yeah, you know. So just maybe bring a little bit, you know. Listen, this is what I do. This is what I want to do, you know. And because I always girls camp farm, I heard it all, you know. And yet there I was out there doing it you know, because it's the people who put those restrictions on them. Mm So um, if it's what you want to do, just do it. And Mm -hmm. but have the nice conversation. I do it in a joking way, you know, and working with a family is not easy. And my dad and I would butt heads continually. But I knew the next day he was going to be there again. And so was I, Mm -hmm. and it would start all over again. But he, he was, a, he was an apologizer. He always knew when he did wrong and he apologized. So, you know, we always came to an agreement, sometimes later rather than sooner. Yeah. But you know, that's what, that's what really helped it. Yeah. And talking through it. And that's what I've had a lot of families, guys who farm with their dad go, I don't know how you do it. Or, or you know, I couldn't farm with my dad. He goes, but you talk. Mm-hmm. And we don't. And I go, bingo. So, it's the communication part. Communication, keeping. And they don't. Those yeah. old guys don't want to talk, yeah. but tough. Yeah. I didn't give them a choice. Yeah. So, do you find, you know, do you find that if
0: there is a way to create like support systems outside those close relationships, is that do you find that to be important, oh, or do you really feel yeah, like I the most it. critical thing is kind of just knowing your own internal? compass and dynamic and being really in tune to what you're committed to, like you alluded to. Right, what you're committed
1: to, but you also need the outside support. So I have the 78 sisters, you know, there's five of us who graduated high school together. Yep. Were we always very, very close? No, but we are now. You send a text out, boom, you know, Mm -hmm. same way with, you know, the boards I'm on, there's a certain groups or times I've traveled with other people, you know, you get that connection, but you get that support. The marketing group is another one, you mm-hmm. know, and I think women tend to go there to the networking, the mm-hmm. groups, you know, and I think that's so important and it's not necessarily a cheerleader, but just ha- knowing you have someone else there, yeah. you know, who yeah. has your back. Yeah, Yeah. Well, you know, as
0: kind of just some some final thoughts as we wrap this up today. And I just Mm -hmm. really appreciate, you know, that you took time and we're at a (laughs) conference, by the way. We have snuck into a room to do this podcast. (laughs) But, you know, as as you think about, you know, just your journey and Mm -hmm. all the things that you have been able to accomplish and, you know, the advocacy that you've been able to have for others, you know, not even just here in the United States, but also overseas. You've Mm -hmm. been a huge champion for people who have wanted to do you know something how hard this is for me to I hear know. you talk like that I but anyway, know but you've been a few champions yeah about you know people even overseas bringing mm-hmm. that you know words of encouragement of helping people see beyond the current situation right. into a more dynamic future so what would you say as you know kind of a parting words of wisdom for people who are sitting kind of right on that precipice of mm-hmm. of deciding am I gonna stay or am I going to take the leap into my true purpose? What
1: right. would be your your um, words of advice? I to have them? never I've regretted a lot of decisions I've made, but as far as doing the next thing, you know, after I looked back and went, okay, then I just went for it, you know, and never regret it. You can't look back and go, oh, and if it's a board, get off the board, you know. Mm-hmm. But um the the chances to travel and meet people and talk about what I do to other people and share what I do. There's nothing more passionate than a farmer talking about their farm. Mm-hmm. I mean, good heavens, you know, so, um, you know, just if you really, if it's in the back of your mind is you've been, it's been nagging at you, you know, you really have to decide, okay, go, you know, yeah. Yeah. listen to the voice, listen to that voice. Yes, I do. And, and, um, like like I said, sometimes it's going to work out, sometimes it isn't, but that's okay. That's part of growing, you know, that's part of the journey. Yeah. So, so you really look at those situations, not really as
0: failures, but really as
1: opportunities to, oh, to learn and
0: leap, like leap especially, off of that into the next not, thing.
1: Especially on the farm, you mm-hmm. know, I guess that's probably where that comes from. I learn more from screwing up than a great success because you're not always going to win on the farm. It's not always going to be that way, but I know what not to do next time because I screwed it up the one time and trust me, you remember those things because it cost you money. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, um, and even in dealing with other people, I'll go, Ooh, should have handled that a little bit different. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. And you put that in your back pocket and you know, you go, you go from there and that's in, you know, whether it's with family or anywhere in Mm -hmm. leadership, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you just, it's just, it's a great journey.
0: Yeah. So learn and leap. I love that. (laughs) So I think we're going to wrap up the podcast with that. Thank you as always, everybody for listening and April, thank you so very much for taking time out of the conference to come and, and hide out with me in our room and record this. It was Mm -hmm. awesome to see you and we'll see you next time on The Courage to Breakthrough. This is Rena Striggle and you have been listening to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Please visit my website at renastrigal.com and find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspirational episode where you will hear how real-life people just like you have discovered the courage to break through.